So here we are in Cannes at the Cannes Boat Show. It just ended. Mm-hmm. What's your biggest takeaway? Don't buy a boat at a boat show. Which is so funny because that's how people, why c- people come to boat shows. We did that. We put money down we at did. the Annapolis Boat Show back in 2018, 17. Yeah, so we're breaking our own rules. And we have the biggest tips for you since it's boat show season. So stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Covert Castaway. I'm Holly. Je suis Stéphane. Join us as we share what we learn and how we're making the transition to live aboard cruising. So we didn't come to Cannes, but we are the boat show people that didn't come to Cannes to, for the boat show, but we're in Cannes longer than the boat show has been going on. Yeah. Yeah. We love it here. We love it here. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Not really. Actually, we didn't come for the boat show at all. We we were dropping off the O'Kellys because they um, sailed with us for a few days, and we were dropping them off because they were going to the boat show. And then we ended up actually having some useful conversations, um, which we'll kind of catch everybody up on. But um, Yeah, I think there's definitely a um, connection slash relationships. There's a lot of people. There's a community. And then so yeah, we, sure. we've met some old friends uh, like Mark from Montenegro. Um, we met the different people that we've been talking to over the last couple of years mm-hmm. with different equipment we have on board. So uh, that was good to share with them some of the um, some of feedback and then learn a couple of things um, mm-hmm. as we were talking to them. Um, so there's definitely that part yeah. of the uh, it's connection. Nice. We got to meet the winds in person, so that was cool. Yeah, and um, yeah, spend more time with the O'Kellys. So the community aspect was great, and then also just meeting in person. Um, the people from, you know, who made the water maker talking again to North Sales. Uh, you got a free hat. You scored a free hat. Yeah. <laughs> from North Sales. Talking to the people from C.AI for camera on top of the mast. Yeah. Uh, talking to, oh, SailSense and the equipment yeah. we have on board. And we'll probably share more of that later. Yeah. So the relationship aspect of it, especially with the different vendors, is really important because that's, it's a, it's a small industry mm-hmm. and having those relationships Oh, and then talking Arky. about the flooring. We want to do something for the yeah. cockpit. Yeah, we can't decide now between cork and sea deck. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll keep you cannot decide. I can't decide, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, just a quick recap of where we're at. We're actually supposed to be in the Balearics. Yeah, we, we left Saturday morning early. To, we intended uh, to leave. Yeah, well, we did leave. <laughs> we did leave. We raised anchor. Uh and then, and then we discovered that even though some electronic uh, problems were resolved, our AIS wasn't transmitting, and we got that resolved. Yeah, the depth sounder was not uh, reliable, and uh, so we, yeah, we got all these three things resolved in the VHF, the secondary VHF also. So, got it replaced, got it resolved, feeling good about it. Let's see a weather window that was a little lively, but without let's take it. And and then we were about to leave. We find um, shelter behind an island to raise the main. And I guess you're trying to put the autopilot I put on. It, tried to put it in wind mode, and we have no wind information. So it wasn't just the autopilot. There was no wind information on any of our uh, 
Yeah, there was a workaround, so we could get... Uh, I know, but I don't want to go 250 miles offshore. Oh, there was no workaround for the and autopilot. do a workaround. The only for workaround for the autopilot. We could get wind, but not the autopilot. The autopilot, we would have had to go in compass mode, um, which we could have done it. Since the people are here, the BNG people, I know here, we're, the we're like we're like stalking <laughs> the electronics people. We're um, like, why go somewhere in the middle of the the yeah. med in the small island, and why not have them come on board right so here? So since the boat shows over, they have all kinds of time. They're gonna you're gonna go pick them up on the dinghy, and they're gonna work on the boat today, which is awesome. Yeah, they'll come over all of yeah. them. Yeah, we, we told them we were gonna hold them all hostage until they fixed everything. So yeah. um, they may be on our boat for a few days. <laughs> so we'll see. So and now we've learned to. Uh, not make any plans because until the things, things are get resolved. resolved. And now we learn, like, even if the things that you want to resolve get resolved... Like There's always some other problem. Do a, do a full quality control. I mean, the issue might not be about these components. It might be yeah. about the network itself. So the, that, that might be the, the source of all this. Uh, uh -huh. But we need to resolve it. And anyway, we're going on and on about ourselves. But what we really wanted to talk about was we wanted to, since we were able to go to the boat show, it reminded us of maybe some things that, you know, as we go into boat show season and Annapolis is coming up and everything else, it, it's good to keep in mind, you know, maybe some things um, if you're buying a boat. So I think Stefan said the first one, which is um, even though you're going to the boat show, probably because you want to buy a boat, don't buy a boat at the boat show. That's the first tip. Takes the fun out of it, you know? It, Suddenly, like, yeah. you cannot leave the boat show and come back home and be, we just bought a boat. I know. <laughs> well, and the reasons will become clear as we kind of go through the next um, five things. So the second thing is it's really important to understand truly what your requirements are. What your plan. Yeah. Your setting cruising plan is. Well, your requirements are based on your plan. Yeah. Well, you need to establish that clearly uh, yeah. as a couple, as, as a, a family. Couple. Right. So like one of you might have an idea of doing a circumnavigation and maybe talking the other one into it. And the other person might be like, oh, I'm up for coastal cruising or seasonal cruising. And those two different styles have different requirements for the boat. It's not just about price. It's about how the boat performs and what goes in it and, mm. you know, all length of the boat. Like there's all these kinds of things that matter. And it might be you might want to start with coastal cruising to test the waters. Right. And then with the idea behind it to, to, do, um, to do a circumnavigation. And it could be two different boats. It could be one boat. And, you know, to get uh, more experience, stuff like this, yeah. and another boat later that is more adapted to this. Or if you have a high level confidence that you want to do circumnavigation, but when you want to start slow, maybe it makes sense to buy the right boat for that purpose. And then you, you'll just kind of do more coastal cruising the first couple of years. So the point is you need to have a clear idea and write it down as a, as couple, a couple, as a family of what you're agreeing to. And based on that, what are the requirements for the boat? Right. And another thing that kind of goes along with this is, um, do you like to get performance out of the boat? Or are you good motoring a lot, potentially in a heavier boat? So we live this firsthand, right? Mm -hmm. I think we we thought we wanted to be just like cruisers and and chill. But what we realized is we actually like sailing more than we like motoring. Um, that doesn't bother some people. So it just, but for us, it really, really bothered us. So 
you have to just get straight on how you want to cruise and what kind of cruiser you want to be. And and it, what's misleading is, uh, and it's a valid argument. People will say like, oh, you know, um, I don't care so much about the performance or how well the boat sails because ninety percent of cruising. the time I'm good. Yeah. Ninety percent of the time I'm going to be at anchor. But I think this argument is easy to take at face value, but it's not the reality. It might be the reality that you are going to be at anchor most more most than you sail. But there is a lot, of, if you're doing passages like Atlantic crossing, Pacific crossing, this is a lot of sailing. A lot of water. And, and, and even though you have these big passages, you also have a lot of moving around. Even if you're in the Caribbean, in the season, um, you might be making a couple thousand miles yeah. just moving back and forth to the islands. So, yes, you're going to spend a lot of time on anchor, but it's very, very important that um, uh, you also have a boat that, that sails. Well, that's if, my point if of that's view. your goal, like if you live on the coast and you live near a, a boat marina and you're going to take the boat out on weekends and maybe seasonally and going up and down the coast from where you live, that may not be an issue. But if you're crossing oceans, that's kind of a bigger deal. So, yeah. and, and the reason for the requirements one is, you know, everything comes with a trade-off. Mm -hmm. And so when you make a decision on a boat, you're going to be like, well, it's this or that. You know, like no boat is absolutely perfect. I don't know. I, I like our boat. I feel like our boat's perfect for us. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to determining what you what really is right for your project and for you as a sailing couple, um, you're going to trade off certain things and you need some kind of way to make those decisions. Yeah. And so if you write those requirements down yeah um then when you're about to make decisions make sure you go back to those requirements right. and making sure that exactly you're not falling in love for something that's suddenly like yeah. it's in front of your eyes and shiny and looks good and not going back to what you defined was your plan and exactly your and i'm going to put a footnote on this point um because if you go back to one or two it might be it might be the podcast episode two maybe or three um, of Covert Castaway. I think the I think the title of it is First fall in, fall in Love with the Boat. Yeah. And the purpose of me stating that was because if you fall in love with a boat, you can start to picture yourself making this lifestyle change and you can start setting a budget. Um, we learned a lot by um, kind of taking that route. Um, so in some ways it was good because it got us on the water in the first place, but there's a caveat to that point, you know, just, I think what we would have done differently is, um, make sure you kind of know what your requirements are, but I don't even know. So maybe it's like falling in love with a lifestyle, yeah. charter boats, go sailing yeah. with friends, talk to people, but don't fall in love. Yeah, with, <laughs> maybe not. With the boat. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. anyway, I think it, the order is critical here. Yeah, Establish this is really a clear important. Plan you both agree on and and some clear requirements and always go back to those yeah so tip number three is um use those requirements as your lens when you're prioritizing time at the boat show um so you can there's so many distractions at the boat show and you know we went on a bunch of boats and I can see how, you know, they've got a good pitch, you know, they've, you're looking at some of these flashy things that are cool and it's so easy to get distracted mm -hmm. and things, 
it's easy for things to become requirements for you that aren't actually requirements for you. Um, so, so here's an example. Um, there's some boats you go on with really, you know, custom cabinetry and it's this beautiful wood and, you know, it looks really great. And, you know, these are expensive boats. So you're saying, well, I'm spending the money. It should look great like this, but it's heavy. So if your requirement is to keep the boat light because you want to do more miles, you just need to keep that in mind, you know, but something that looks good on the surface doesn't necessarily mean it, it fills some of your requirements. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah. There's, I mean, definitely, I mean, make notes. If you think that this is important to you, you might uncover like new requirements, you know, but the point is make notes during the boat show, come back and sit down and review your requirements and the priorities, the order of your requirements. Yeah. But anyway, there's a lot to get distracted by. Um, you could visit, uh, you can spend time visiting, you know, it's like, it's like, quality over quantity you know you can spend a lot of time looking at a lot of boats that kind of then everything overwhelms you versus narrowing your list based on the set of requirements you set and then spending a lot of time with with those particular boats or those particular and, boat and, builders and make a, a short list because mm -hmm. nowadays boat shows i mean to get on a boat you need a, an appointment mm -hmm. and so um, contact the manufacturers that you're the most serious about or their brokers I definitely yeah. would contact people early even yeah. before you get there like let them know you're it's in your top three boats or something and that that's what you want to do if you can come like uh, early in the week earlier like in the, the week. boat show might start yeah. on a tuesday it's quiet don't come on a saturday and sunday where yeah. all the it's tourists uh, come uh, the vibe is going to be different and mm -hmm. if you want some quality time with those people just come uh, early in the morning come during weekdays if you can and that would be the best mm -hmm. so tip number four was um okay so you make an appointment you get time with the boat builder you take the tour sit down after that like have a conversation make them take you to dinner or lunch or something have a conversation and understand their philosophy about two things the first thing is have them explain to you the philosophy behind the boat they built like the one you're interested in like why why did they build it how did they make decisions on the boat? Um, you know, whether it's design decisions or architectural decisions, really understand the philosophy behind the boat so you understand what's important to them about the boat. Mm -hmm. um, there are some boat builders that they're in the volume business and, and you know, they're, they're wanting to sell a lot of charter boats. Um, yeah, they, they might not advertise the boat is being designed for charter you know, with uh, mm -hmm. uh, more people and stuff like this on board. But uh, yeah, it's you need to find out what's their primary audience, primary market. Primary motivation, because everything, every decision they make on that boat is based on that. So where they cut corners, where they over, you know, where, where they want to either, you know, get, get, more features or design features or space or less space or whatever it is like that determines how they make the decisions about the boat that matter to them. And so it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like this finding a perfect match on philosophy, I think is, is really important. And, yeah. the, and the second part of that is understand their philosophy 
in how they want to deal with you. So, you know, are they going to deal with you directly? Are they going to, is the broker going to be the person that deals with you? Um, How do they engage with you specifically when it comes to the handover process, to the warranty work, to the after sales service, um, you know, for custom projects? How exactly does that get done? And make sure you understand that really well and ask them to take you through the warranty documentation. Um, I think that's another really key point. You have anything else? Yeah. yeah. I'm big on this one, so I'm talking a lot, but go ahead. No, I mean, I think... The Whoa, fo- we're rolling around here in this anchorage. <laughs> it's like wobbly. Um, the focus is on buying a boat. But buying a boat doesn't stop from where you get the keys. Right. Or when you put the money Not down at all. and you That's get the keys. That's when it starts. That's when the whole adventure begins. That's you know? really when you test the relationship yeah. and, and what processes they have behind to take care of you because boats are complex. There's a lot of systems on board and there is no boat that is going to come perfect. So, so you need to really, really understand that are they trying to sell you a boat and then be like, thank you, thank you for your money, here's the keys. Or do they have a bigger picture uh, around that? Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, post, you get the keys. Yeah. What, what's that whole uh, process behind? And, you know, what we've been hearing, obviously, from uh, at the show in particular, is I think um, the boat industry as a whole is dealing with the talent crunch um, on the after sales side. And, um, you know, I think a lot of them are trying to figure out how to best support customers. And... Um, what's most important is to understand how they support the customers today. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because they all have a good story or explanation or vision for what they want it to be, but the industry doesn't change quickly. So it's not like suddenly in six months when or a year or two years when your boat's out, it's going to magically be different. Yeah, and I'm not sure that all of them have the philosophy of supporting customers sure, even just, at all. Yeah, I'm just giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. yeah. So like I, I think I think it's if it were me, I wouldn't listen to what they were saying about what it was gonna be in the future. I would listen to the actions for how they how they treat their current customers. Yeah. So that's kind of the next tip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, you hear directly from the, the boat manufacturer or and but then go do your due diligence yeah. and so there is enough uh, ways to reach out to um owners of this boat or previous owners of uh, the the boat that you're looking at um go maybe talk to chartering companies and you know they have different models different brands um, ask the technicians, you know, what kind of issues they're, they're seeing on these boats. And the technicians know all of the little secrets. There's a great source of information. Yeah. yeah. Just make friends and buy them a beer and, yeah. then, uh, and then find out the dirty kind of uh, secrets. <laughs> secrets around these boats. Because now you'll get the other side of the story. Mm-hmm. And that's really important that you do your part and not just take uh, what they say at face value. Yeah, and even if you have your heart set on a certain boat, at least with that information, you go in with your eyes wide open. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have a real, your expectations are, are set. Like, okay, they're never going to help me with that. So I'm going to need some other way to deal with that problem or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then the final, um, I guess the final point, or final piece of advice is um, definitely sail the boat. 
Yeah. And when I say sail the boat, I don't mean let them take you out on it and drive around in the bay like the day after the boat show um, when maybe there's no wind, like today. They were supposed to do some test sails with certain, a bunch of boats today, and there's no wind out here. So it's hard to get a feel for, you know, what a certain boat would sail like. Well, it could be like uh, there's not much wind, but we might be able to sail. We're always surprised when yeah, we look around. Maybe. We're like, And then once you put the sails up and start moving, uh, yeah. we create our apparent wind and, and move. But you know, Take but a it's, weekend but that's, that's or a good test. three days, you know, to understand and, and sail the boat that is on the top of your list uh, or the top two sail the boat charter the boat charter the boat if you can sometimes you can't because they're not in charter um but get, you know find an owner who has a boat um that you want and make sure you're you're actually operating the boat and uh, you understand you know what ergonomics are really important um you know that's one thing i think we've really been surprised about not surprised i mean like, we kind of knew it but then you're sailing the boat and you're like oh that's why they did it that way because it's so easy to do this thing or oh wow that was really smart to put that winch there because i can see things you know or whatever it is so the ergonomics are really important so you need to kind of be working and operating on the boat to understand all of that yeah and it's probably the most challenging tip to execute yeah, it, it on yeah but Go through the trouble it's of the making it happen. Yeah. Take the time to do this and and really realize you know um, how the boat feels because that's ultimately how you plan to use it. You don't plan to use it sitting in a marina. You plan to use it sailing. Yeah. So, so yeah, make it happen in one one way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's one thing definitely looking at boats at a boat show with all the nice pillows and all the nice staging everybody does and the lighting and you know they've got their pitch and it's clean. It's an entirely different thing, you know, when the boat is out and you're sailing it and you're seeing how how the rigging works, you know, how the sails are, how the boat performs, the motion of the boat. Um, you know, all of that is going to be important. Yeah, I mean, what you said, the ergonomics. I mean, what I'm discovering with our boat is like, I feel there's like different working stations, mm -hmm. but everything feels... It's logical. Logical yeah. and, uh, and natural. And so, and we sailed <laughs> on different boats, but you, you just have to, to be on, on that boat that you're looking at and to get that, that feel for yourself. Yeah, because at the dock, you're kind of like, well, why would they put the stairs like this or why would this little step be here or you know why why would they and and then you're sailing it and you're like oh yeah that makes a lot of sense like yeah well, it's natural it's natural yeah. yeah so yeah so those are our tips um don't buy a boat at the boat show sit down with whoever it is you're going to go cruising with and agree on a set of requirements um you know going in and what kind of what kind of boat you're looking for and why because like we said it's it's full of trade-offs um, use that set of requirements as your lens and um, get a short list so that when you go to the boat show, you you're, you can stay focused and not get distracted. Um, meet with the boat builders and understand their philosophy about the boat and about how they want to deal with you um, and test that with uh, conversations with existing owners. And then um, make sure you test sell the boat. So yourself for yourself and then and then make the decision and then buy the boat <laughs> <laughs> and and then you know i think yeah there's a higher level of probability that you know you find the right boat for your project yeah. 
Yeah, great. So what are our plans uh, after we after today, after we get some of this uh, the electronic gremlins out of our system? It's uh, a good question. Uh, I think I've learned to just go wait for the problem to be resolved. <laughs> and then... Look at the wind. Look, well, kind of like keep uh, look at the wind in the background, but don't make decisions, mm. but have the wind patterns and changes like in the back of your head. And and then once you feel good about the things that are that have been resolved, um, then then you can come up uh, uh, with your with your plan. What we know is uh, we have two weeks or less now to be back in like on mud, so we definitely don't want to be uh, sailing further away than where we are. And so maybe we'll get to Spain somewhere. And maybe we won't. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so we'll see. We'll decide. Cool. Day All right. by day. Um, we have new videos up on YouTube if you want to check out our YouTube channel. Um, if you prefer the podcast, thank you so much for listening because uh, we've been, we're over 125 uh, episodes now. And um, wow. yeah, we're, we're up there in terms of listeners. So uh, thank you so much. Drop us a line at sailingalwin at gmail.com and fair winds for now. Bon, bon. <laughs>